0: Hey, what's up everybody? Today, we are going to be talking about leadership capacity. What's your type of capacity? How to increase your capacity? And what do you do when you realize that you hit the limit of someone's capacity on your team? This is the Mike Rosado Leadership Podcast. Moving forward with passion. For episode notes, go to MikeRosado.com. Are you ready? Let's go. Alright, so welcome to another episode of the Mike Rosato podcast. Again, my name is Mike Rosado. Sounds very redundant, doesn't it? But you heard it in the intro and now you hear it again, just in case you don't know who I am. Um, I. This is a concept that um, I'm just going to jump right in because I feel like it's very fresh in my head. I have been... Talking to other leaders as they're realizing certain things and looking to expand and looking to grow and at the time of this recording, this is right at the tail end of 2019 so this is also the time frame where not only are my pastor friends preparing for you know the Christmas holiday and and getting ready for that. Um, they're also thinking about what are their goals for 2020. In fact, uh, I just went away with a buddy of mine named Noah Kay of Integer Network, and uh, we went away for just a two-day retreat just to talk about what are some smart goals for 2020. And and so with understanding certain things, I started realizing that some goals need to consider capacity. Uh, And what do I mean by that? So uh, I want to make sure we're working off the same glossary here. So when I ask you, like, what's your type of capacity? In other words, what are you specifically called to do? Here at Fervent Church, we say something, uh, we have this phrase, "We say, where does the bunny hop? When we're assessing a leader, uh, whether it be a department head or, you know, some, some kind of rock star volunteer that we have, um, where does the bunny hop? In other words, like, if the bunny had to, did the, does, can the bunny climb? Can the bunny swim? Um, if it had to probably, yeah, if it was do or die. Yeah, I bet you could probably do that. However, um, we want to make sure you put the bunny where it hops, where it flourishes, where it's most fruitful. Um, and so the same thing with people, we want to make sure that we're in a pla- we put them in a place where they're living in their purpose and they're also passionate about it. Um, cause we believe that when you put people where they hop, um, they're least likely to burn out. Um, now, I say least likely because I know that some of you like, ah, oh, you could still burn out. Absolutely, but you're least likely to burn out. You're most likely to keep on going and you know, keep on fighting the good fight if you are in the place you're supposed to be. So um, in order to do that, uh, we have to be honest. Um, sometimes this requires, if you're a pastor listening to this, Courage and care, which we're going to get to in a little bit later. But courage and care, because here's why. Sometimes we allow people to live in the fantasies of their weaknesses rather than the reality of their strengths. Let me say that again. Sometimes we tend to let people live in the fantasies of their weaknesses rather than the reality of their strengths. And we do that because we care about people, and we want to hurt people's feelings, and we want to be liked. Um, but we have someone who's not the quiet, you know, not the most talented individual on a worship team, or not the most personable person on a usher's and greeters team. Um, but but rather than ruffling feathers and rocking the boat, we let people live in the fantasy of the weaknesses. This is where they feel comfortable. This is where um, they want to be good, but they're really not good at it, Um, rather than pointing them to and coaching them in the reality of their strengths. And again, this is something that requires courage, because how many of us have wasted years of fruitfulness trying to, quote unquote, make something happen? And when you're not living in your capacity, realizing your capacity, being aware of your capacity. You end up spending many, many, many days, nights, years, decades, even, trying to make something happen you're not supposed to make happen. Um, So, the questions that that to understand your your capacity go as follows: It's where am I the most fruitful or productive? Um, Where can I be more fruitful? Um, Where am I the least effective, even though I'm trying really hard? What a question, right? Where am I least affected? effective even when I'm trying really hard in other words what do I need to stop doing because I'm just not good at it okay um, and I get it though there are some things in our lives that don't necessarily require talent um, but you could get some momentum in it you know I always say that it takes zero talent to hustle um, and I believe here at Fervent Church the the church that I'm lead pastoring um, we have there's a hustle in our culture there's a hustle and our DNA, a grit there. Um, And in the beginning, even though we didn't have the most talented people on our team, um, man, it takes zero talent to hustle. So anyway, so maybe you're you're processing all these questions and you're going, okay, how do I increase my capacity? Can you increase your capacity, Mike? Yes, I believe you can increase your capacity. And I believe you can do it in a couple ways. Um, The first way is I think a lot of times we limit our capacity because we – we don't have a healed heart. Um, so the first, the first way to, to increase your capacity is to heal your heart, or in some circles, you might call this soul care, right? So, um, and, and if you're not a churchy person <laughs> listening to this, to work on your insecurities, work on your brokenness, you know, um, and in order to identify where you're broken, where you're insecure, um, maybe to to, to to find out Certain things um, by evaluating what are you what are you most critical about um, what are you what are your flinches you know what are the things that you see that bother you um, you know subconsciously and it shouldn't bother you but they do you know what are you trying to protect what bothers you the most um, to kind of dig deep and answer that question kind of dig deep and that might lead you to the road of finding the core of your insecurity or, or your broken heart you know what are your thoughts and mem- what thoughts and memories are excruciating to you you know um listen at the end of the day little pain is okay um but paralyzing pain you need to talk about you need to process that out um you know when it comes to uh your enemies you know you know you have a healed heart if you could bless and pray for people or um help people that don't deserve it you know that's when you know you have a whole heart a healed heart um you know, can you can you list good things that are happening around you, or are you primarily just fixated on the negative? Um, those are the kind of things that you need to do in order to increase your capacity. You got to heal your heart, and you got to do the dirty work. And at times, you have to open up your life to someone else um, and get down to the nitty gritty. And that's like I just told you, I went away for two two days to start you know determine some goals for twenty twenty. But before that. Uh, best friend and I, we, we, we prayed and we processed through what are some things we need to heal? What are some baggage that we need to leave behind in 2019 and not bring it into 2020? Very, very important. Uh, the second way to increase your capacity is something very simple, but I think, uh, if I'm quite honest, a lot of people suck at, especially, um, people who want to be high capacity leaders and that's calendar management. Um, calendar management is probably my Achilles heel, if I'm honest, um, this, this thing that you, you feel like you're supposed to manage time, it's managing you. Um, and so I've just noticed that, man, like I just need to just every single day, wake up and plan, uh, wake up, plan and execute. Um, and so I could believe that I'm going to accomplish X, Y, and Z, but I got to execute it. So I got to wake up, plan and execute. Another thing that's helped me out a lot is I do the, the top three things first. So wake up in the morning, what are all the priorities? Write it all down. I, I kind of I call this thing called a brain dump. I just brain dump everything and then I just kill the top 3 things. I make sure that those top 3 things are going to get done. I put the most important 3 things on the top of my list and I just get them done right now. If I don't get to number 4, 5, and 6, it's not going to be the end of the world, but I know that I'm getting ahead of the ball game if I hit those top 3 things. Um and I and, you know time block for emails and social media, you know. Uh some people I think what they do is uh, is effective because, you know, sometimes emails and social media will control you rather you controlling it. Um, so I've heard people say, you know, I give uh, one hour in the AM um, and then I give 15 minutes midday and then 15 minutes in the evening to do emails and social media. Maybe that's not enough for you, um, but you understand your flow and your rhythm and figure that out. Time block emails and social media. Do not let that thing uh, control you, or even worse, distract you. Uh, we're constantly getting split up and distracted because of those silly little things. And so um, get, get ahead of it, control it. Um, sometimes, you know, if you don't have this big picture vision leading you and guiding you, you get lost. Uh, I say it this way, if it's not going to matter in five years, don't waste five minutes on it. Did you get that? If it's not going to matter in five years, don't waste five minutes on it. And number three, third way to increase your capacity is to sit down and, and ask God, what's the main thing, God? You cannot fix everything. So what's the main thing, God? Um, when I say you, I mean you personally. not Obviously, God can fix everything. But to ask God, okay, what's the main thing that you need to focus on? You can't fix everything. What's the main thing? Give yourself a time frame to evaluate um, and, and and focus on this this one thing. Um, now, when I say timeline, a time frame to to evaluate, um, not to execute. Sometimes we we set ourselves up for disappointment. Like, oh, I want to I want to execute this in three days. And um, if you've been walking this journey with God for a really long time, you know that sometimes curveballs and roadblocks get in the way. So, what do you have to do? You have to make something fly to justice, and God kind of reroutes you here and there. So, um, at times, I'm cautious to not. Put a time frame on execution But I will put a time frame on evaluation So by this date I'm going to evaluate where we are Make sure I'm I'm presenting it to God And um, letting Him guide this, this journey But I'm working this journey alongside of Him um, And then to tell somebody about that main thing Once you get it, alright Tell somebody about it Make sure you see them regularly To hold you accountable And that's the best place to do it um, Now, so that's how to increase your capacity um, As I am Coming alongside some pastors, they're looking to uh, break the two hundred barrier. Is what we're we're primarily focusing on. They're Looking to break the two hundred barrier. What I mean by that is two hundred uh, people uh, regularly, actively attending their church, and how to break that. And so, some of these guys are coming from the paradigm of church planting. So you're starting the church from scratch, um, and when you start the church from scratch, it's all hands on deck, right? Everyone does everything. We get the job done, but as you continue to grow, as your team grows, you're going to start realizing that there are certain individuals, and this is harsh, but hear me here: there are certain individuals that have the capacity to start things, but do not have the capacity to grow things. And you can try to help them increase the capacity, but at the end of the day, um, you're realizing that they're just not going to go beyond this this level. All right, they were great at leading a group of 20 or 30, um, but you start seeing the cracks in their capacity when you hit 100. And not only that you wanna break the 200 or the 500, as a leader, if you're the number one guy, if you're sitting in that number one chair, you have to study your team and be aware what is their capacity. And that is a hard thing to do. So you have to understand that in order to coach people in the right direction, within their capacity, you have to make sure that your head, your heart, and your guts are all proportionate to one another, all right? They're proportional. So, What do I mean by that, <laughs> all right? At times, if you're a pastor, if you're, you know, if you're leaning is like you're more shepherd than anything else, man, you have a big heart, and you care for people, and so your heart has the tendency to be bigger than your head. You know darn well this person can't sing for crap, And they have to get off that stage because at the end of the day, um, I know it's not a performance, but it is really distracting to worship on a Sunday. I'm just using this as a hypothetical situation, even though there are probably a few people listening to this right now that could empathize with this. So they're on stage. They need to be removed, but you don't want to break their heart. They've been on the worship team since the very beginning. They were carrying bags and boxes in, load in and load out. They are faithful, they are loyal, they are just solid people and you do not want to hurt their feelings. And this is where your heart is bigger than your head. And so what do you do with this, right? Because your head's telling you, man, you have to pull the trigger on this. You have to put them somewhere else, you know, and make them in charge of something else or put them in the right lane, put them in a place that matches their capacity. And, but again, if your heart is bigger than your head, you're not going to be able to pull the trigger. Or I've seen some really aggressive leaders that get to the place where they know they know for a fact what they need to do with certain individuals. And their head is bigger than their heart. And then they could be careless. OK, they could be careless. So if a person whose heart is bigger than their head, they're kind of mindless about it. Um, but a person that, whose head is bigger than their heart, they're kind of heartless about it. And so they could approach it heartless and they could end up hurting people along the way for the sake of the vision. But we got to remember that people are the vision and the church is people. And so you can't do that either. And then you have the person who's completely paralyzed because their 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 heart and their head is bigger than their guts. And what I mean by that is that they don't have the guts to have the conversations. They don't have the guts to you know embrace this conflict and go you know take it on head on and so i've seen this happen so many times where your heart's bigger than your head your head's bigger than your heart or your 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 guts are way smaller than your head and your heart and you can't you can't make the necessary moves that you need to make in order to continue to be the leader of this whole entire organization this is not easy but it is necessary so what you have to do is get to the place how to increase your capacity heal your heart manage your life get with god be secure within yourself and make sure that your head your heart and your guts all match up and so that you could care for the person you have the you have the strategy to make sure that you're putting this person in the right way you don't want to sideline anyone but you're finding the bunny you know giving the bunny the place where it hops but then you have the guts to do it all that is essential and so if you're an insecure leader listening to this today you have to handle that first cuz if not it's going to be clumsy and you're going to end up hurting more people than necessary and so that's the first thing so now when you have hit a place where you realize that a person has hit their capacity you've tried to increase it you've tried to coach them through it you love them through it and they, it just it is what it is and those people aren't bad you know we're we're a body uh, you know, we're a body of Christ. And so, you know, the, the, the hand can't say to the pinky that, you know, that's more important than it. And, but the pinky does have a different capacity and it serves a different purpose. And I think when you're starting something, sometimes people that you run into, they're going to be pillars. There's some people on my team that they've been pillars from the very beginning. Um, they're solid. They could grow with the structure. Um, they evolve, they're adaptive. They're just awesome, awesome leaders. But then there's some people that are awesome leaders, awesome people, um, but they can't rise to the next level of leadership, and so they're just scaffolding for the moment. And I know that sounds harsh, but hear my heart on it. They're scaffolding during the building process, but scaffolding doesn't stay up for the whole time. So then you got to re, you know, you got to reassign them to something else. And so what I have found is um, that's been helpful to us as we continue to grow and evolve and advance is that you add some some middle layers to your leadership structure. Um, and place those people in the middle layers, for example. So um, I'm, I'm always picking on the worship team. Um, but say there's an individual there that is not the most talented or anointed um, worship leader, but they've been there from the beginning, and they have led songs and so forth and so on, And but they just don't have the capacity to pastor the team, to grow the team. What do you do? What do you do with this? Because you don't want to hurt the person's feelings. And you don't want to sideline them. And it's not that they're horrible, um, but they just don't have the capacity to take the team to the next level. What do you do? So you create some additional layers in the structure, which you're going to need anyway. So maybe this person is really good at managing the team. Um, So what do you do? You create uh, maybe perhaps a, a music director position, and then you look for, recruit, and train up someone to handle that creative arts pastor, worship pastor role to pastor and grow the team, Um, but you created that middle layer that that faithful, loyal person could slide into, not feel sidelined, continue to hop where they hop, continue to function within their capacity without burning and breaking them and you being frustrated because your expectations on that team is not being met. Uh, But you can't get frustrated with them because you know their capacity. So you create some middle layers Um, And coach them into that middle layer to solve that problem. That's one of the ways that you address that. The other way, and it sounds harsh, um, but it's true. Sometimes you just have to be willing to tell someone, hey, the time here is over. Um, Because here's the deal. This is the issue that you're going to run into. When you've reached someone's capacity, because this is what you're going to do. You're either going to put a lid on the church because of their capacity Okay? You're either going to put a lid on the church because of their capacity or you need to have the guts, the heart, and the head to replace them. It's not easy, and this is why you're placed in this chair and you're called to do this, you're called to lead. And leading is not easy, especially when you're leading people. And so they could walk away offended, um, but I think if you've done a really good job, coaching them through their insecurities, helping them see where they're, where they're called and what their giftings are. Um, you have a better chance of them not walking away devastated. And maybe they won't thank you in the moment, but they eventually will thank you for putting them in the place where they're most fruitful. So that right there is an understanding of leadership capacity. It's messy. Um, it's, it's, it's full of conflict. But man, it's essential for you to really understand that, especially if you're going to reach your goals for the years to come. So that's it for today. Hey, what really helps us out is that if you share this podcast and rate it in whatever platform you're listening to, and we'll check you out next time here at the Microsoft Auto Podcast.